1: You are listening to Latin Waves. I'm your host, Stuart Richardson. Online, I have Bruce Gagnon. He's been a longtime labor and peace activist with the Global Network Against Weapons and Nuclear Power in Space. Hey, welcome back to the show, uh, Bruce.
0: Thank you, Stuart. Good to be with you again.
1: Now, last time we spoke, we were talking about um, the disaster of the war in Afghanistan and, and how that ended after 20 years of investment and lives and money. And now here we are on the cusp of war with Russia. Can you give us a little background as to how we got here on the verge of war with Russia, of all people?
0: Well, you know, you and everybody else knows in the, in the West and around the world that uh, US and NATO and its corporate media allies have been demonizing Russia and Vladimir Putin for quite a long time, uh, 20 years at least, and We're told that it's because he's a terrible dictator and he's a terrible human being and the people uh, in Russia are not free and now he wants to invade Ukraine and everything else. Well, it reminds me of 2003, shock and awe in Iraq, when George W. Bush said we had to go after Saddam Hussein because he had weapons of mass destruction. And you, I'm sure, remember how the corporate media was used to sell that to the American people and the people particularly in the West, and uh turned out to be a lie. So I become kind of suspicious, you know. I I was in the Air Force during the Vietnam War and I read the Pentagon Papers, that secret history put out by the Rand Corporation that told how the American people, the Congress, were lied to in order to sell the Vietnam War. So after reading that while I was in the military, I began to become very suspicious of our country In 2003 shock and awe really confirmed that. And now this smells and feels the same to me. So I gotta dig. I'm like that. I gotta dig and find out what's really going on. For sure. And I've come to the conclusion based on quite a bit of research over quite a few years now that it's about climate change. Because of the melting Arctic ice Everybody look at a map and see which country in the world has the largest land border with the Arctic Sea. And as it turns out, it's Russia. And the Western oil corporations want to get up there and drill baby drill. But if Russia has the largest land border, that's problematic, as they might say. So again, the Rand Corporation that did the Pentagon Papers has come out with a study calling for the unbalancing of Russia. It's online. I've shared it with many, many people. I actually put it on my Facebook just a little while ago. If you go to my Facebook page, uh, Bruce Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N, you'll see it. They say, uh, ways the United States could overextend and unbalance Russia. So they've created this plan that basically says, if we can tie Russia up, force them to spend a lot of money on the military, force them to have to uh, not be able to deal with their own poverty in their country, that they'll have internal problems, they'll have external problems because we create chaos on their border. Ukraine's been turned into a failed state after the US orchestrated coup d'etat in 2014 done by the Obama administration. Joe Biden was in charge of it, Hillary Clinton then Secretary of State oversaw it. And then Victoria Newland, the Assistant Secretary of State, did the implementation work. And after the IMF came in and gave them money, they were forced to sell off all the assets of the country, <clears throat> including their topsoil, to Monsanto. Remember, Ukraine was historically the breadbasket of Europe. Yeah. And now it's this failed state that is just decaying right before our eyes. So this is what's happening. Today, Russia spends. About $62 a year on their military, while the U.S., when you add up all the various pots of gold, it's a trillion a year. So Russia is spending the equivalent of Germany or France. Now, one of the things we hear from the U.S. all the time is that Putin wants to recreate the former Soviet Union, you know, and take Mm -hmm. back all these countries on $62 billion a year military? (laughs) It makes no sense. It's virtually impossible. So this is the game they're playing.
1: How does this not end badly? They're really playing a dangerous game. First of all, I keep hearing in my our news media that Russia has no right to interfere in Ukraine's affairs, while at the same time they ignore the fact that um United States and all these European countries, the UK, they're putting weapons in there, they're sending troops, our government's sending troops, they're ready, I ready to back whatever happens. I mean, there's a lot of interference going on, and recently even Ukrainian officials said, you know, just slow down, <laughs> we don't want to escalate and now Germany doesn't want any part of it. So how do we pull back the war machine? What is this all about, and how does it not end badly?
0: Well, the people of the United States, the people of Canada, the people of various European countries really need to get on the stick. But sadly, because of all this media hype and deception, uh, many people are either in neutral or their car is in park. Mm. Their activism is in park and that's not going to work for us. Today, I posted on my blog, I just learned this yesterday, that there are 15 nuclear reactors in Ukraine. Mm. If we have a war in Ukraine, then we got big troubles. Some of these things are going to get hit, and we're going to have a Chernobyl times 15. Europe will be destroyed. Uh, Ukraine will be destroyed. Russia will be destroyed. See, this is what people don't understand. Russia doesn't benefit at all from attacking Ukraine. That's With crazy. 15 nuclear reactors there, the Russians right next door, they're going to suffer like crazy. You know, Putin has been saying for months, we don't want to attack, we are not going to attack, but there is this situation in the Donbass right along the Russian border there's two cities, Lugansk and Donetsk. I went there in 2019 invited okay. by a labor leader to come and visit, meet people, see the uh, all the places that have been shelled by the nazis who are from western ukraine uh, that came uh into power after the u.s coup d'etat in 2014. there's a great film about this called ukraine on fire executive producer oliver stone you can find it on youtube just search for ukraine on fire 2016 oliver stone it tells okay. this entire story anyway the uh, After the coup, the first thing the new government did was to create a law saying the speaking of Russian in Ukraine was illegal. Well, half the country speaks uh, Russian, especially the the half closest to the Russian border. (laughs) But the people in western Ukraine over by Poland, they're historically Nazi worshippers. And in fact, when Hitler swept through that part of Ukraine, Uh, when he invaded during World War Two, there was a a Nazi leader by the name of Stefan Bandera. Bandera, He was Ukrainian, and he put on a Nazi uniform and got his followers to join Hitler. And they killed 10,000 or more Jews, they killed uh, Poles, they killed uh, Russian ethnic people. And so one of the reasons why uh, Russians, you know, really wanted to have influence in Ukraine was to keep these Nazis from gaining ascendancy in that country. But after the coup in 2014, they've really gained ascendancy. So after this decree that speaking of Russian would be illegal, the people in the Donbass, again, over on the eastern side of the country, right on the Russian border, they began to organize peaceful protests, uh, gathering signatures for referendum campaigns saying we want a federated Ukraine we want to be able to speak our own language we want to be able to elect our own local politicians rather than have them appointed by the capital in Kiev which is now under the control of these right-wingers and so uh, what the uh, U.S. and NATO uh, did was begin training these Nazis at a base in western Ukraine. I know this because one of my friends from Maine, his son is a U.S. Special Forces uh, soldier from Fort Carson, Colorado, and his unit was sent there to this base in western Ukraine repeatedly to train these Nazis. And then they sent them eastward towards Donbass, where they would begin killing all these people these that were having these peaceful marches and collecting referendum signatures now this is a coal mining region here in eastern ukraine along the russian border and so the miners came out of the mines uh grabbing sticks and whatever you know old shotguns or whatever they could to defend their families literally mm-hmm. against these nazis slowly they began to accrue some weapons because sometimes they would uh, get some from these Nazis for, uh, through various uh, means. And then Russia also eventually armed them. Russia never invaded, uh, but Russia did arm them. And so they began fighting and pushing back these these Nazis. And so now there's what they call a line of contact there, right on the Donbass. And just today, I got an email from. A dear friend of mine, he's a Russian, he's a uh, expert, military expert in Russia, and uh, he said that there are now 150,000 Ukrainian troops right there on that line of contact in the Donbass. And that's why Russia has sent their troops not into Ukraine, but near about 100 miles uh, from the Russian border. Now in the Donbass these what I call self defense forces the media calls them Russian separatists but I call them self defense forces they have about 30 35000 troops in their own kind of militia that they've created since 2014 and uh my friend said that uh, the general staff of the Ukraine armed forces it has finalized a master plan to attack the Donbass the U.S. has delivered 250 tons of military equipment and ammunition. Civilian hospitals mm. have been converted in Ukraine into military ones. Annual leaves, vacations have been uh, canceled of Ukrainian GIs. So it appears that the U.S. is really, U.S. and NATO are really pushing Ukraine to attack the Donbass, which would then would draw Russia in, mm. you know, Putin has said repeatedly, we don't want to invade or occupy Ukraine. It's a failed state, it's a mess. Our country is big, Russia's big. We've got enough on our hands just dealing with our big country. We think that the US and NATO should fix Ukraine. They've destroyed it, they should be the ones fixing it. We don't have the money to do it, Russia says. So that's where we are today. And so it's a question of which way it's going to go. And again, I think it's really up to us. How much noise are we going to make? Yeah. Are we just going to sit back and listen to that corporate, corporate media and have it keep us in neutral or even in park?
1: I, I can't imagine if a, if a new government came into power in Canada and suggested that the French people of Canada should not be allowed to speak French. I can imagine what would happen or if in the States they said you can't speak Spanish or something, it would be chaos, and nobody would tolerate that. But this is the first time I've I've heard that. And currently, I don't know if you know, but there's a massive protest in Ottawa against vaccine mandates, and the media is having a frenzy, a hysterical frenzy, because they've seen a couple of Confederate flags. But little do Canadians know our government's sending support and weapons and training to neo-Nazi groups in Ukraine. Yeah. And here's a question I want to pose to you, Bruce, because I've heard rumblings about this, but I want your feedback. We have a liberal, so-called progressive government in Canada, and in the United States, you don't have Republicans, you got the Democrats. Is the anti-war movement only active when we have Republican or conservative governments? Did they they just go to sleep when we have so-called progressive governments?
0: Bingo. There's a core of us across the country, very dedicated, as you know, that are still working for peace, as there is in Canada. Uh, I think you guys face the same, maybe, uh, situation there, uh, when you, you know, uh, have uh, different parties in charge, things come up, go up and down. But definitely that's the case here. In fact, just uh, earlier in the week, a few days ago, I saw, I was looking at some polls about the Ukraine story, Americans' views on it, and three or four different polls. But one of them really jumped out at me. They asked the question of Democrats. Uh, do you support Biden's policy on Ukraine? And Democrats, by more than 50 percent, it was the highest uh, number of any uh, grouping in the country, uh, supported Biden's campaign. And it was the same way when Obama was president. I'll, I'll never forget a Washington wow. Post story. 70 percent during Obama of liberal liberal Democrats self-identified liberal Democrats supported Obama's drone program that Mm -hmm. was killing innocent people now if that had been George W. Bush or Donald Trump it would have been 75 80 90 percent of Democrats would have opposed it so we see it here that when the Democrats come in power we lose members but when the Republicans come in power they come back and so it's people that put party before principle, yeah. and I think it's a real tragedy. You listen to Latin Ways. To support our work, please visit latinwaysmedia.com and consider becoming a member for as little as $1 per month. Thank you for listening.
1: Exactly. I'm, I don't like to go on Twitter, but I'm looking at the just the tribal nature of people willing to look the other way when there's indigenous rights violations from this government, but they see their enemy doing something and they're all over it. So it's a really big problem that our peace movements go to sleep and they realize ordinary Canadians and Americans will have to go and and die and fight for these foolish wars, especially after what we've seen happen in Afghanistan just for some perspective, how, how much public wealth is stolen and taken away from so many areas that it could be used in by the U.S. military?
0: Oh, my God. You
1: I don't know, think people can fathom it.
0: I have a friend, a dear friend here in Maine. She just retired as a school teacher. She worked in the poorest district in the state of Maine. And she has told me so many stories about kids coming to school uh-huh. Hungry as can be, unwashed, unfed, uncared for. Their parents in jail, or you know, having other problems. Uh, sleeping in trailers with no heat in the middle of winter. I mean, we're having a blizzard today, and there are people in this state without heat. I mean, it's just you know all the stories. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows all the stories, and it's like that across the country. Homelessness and throughout america is just rampant there's just so many problems it was so ironic you know biden went to pittsburgh the other day i'm sure you heard about this and just before you got there a bridge collapsed (laughs) and he was going (laughs) to to talk about oh we're going to fix all the infrastructure in america and what he told them when he got there was we're going to fix every bridge in america well you know what it's a lie and you know why because there's no money they're They're printing money. It's I call it Confederate money because it's worthless because our you know we owe uh, we owe uh, I, don't, I forgot how many trillion, but we have like trillions and trillions of dollars in debt in this country. But we've always got another trillion dollars a year for the Pentagon for more wars. And so that's who's making money off this current situation right now. All those weapons that are being sent to Ukraine, by the United States? Oh, well, we've got to put in new orders with Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and, you know, General Dynamics and replace those. And now they're telling Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland, Rom- Romania, Bulgaria, other NATO members to send weapons that the United States has given you, send them also <laughs> to Ukraine, and we'll replace those as well. It's just a massive boondoggle here for the military-industrial complex. It's sick. It's insane. And it's being led by the neocons, the neocons who gave us the uh, war in Afghanistan. They gave us the war in Iraq that's still going on today. And now they want to give us a war with Russia? I mean, it's insane.
1: I have to correct you. There's one member you forgot, and it's called Canada. We are the gumboot of United States whatever you guys do we are backing you 100 percent right now there's a lot of activists trying to stop uh, purchase of these F-35 fighter jets against billions of dollars purchasing these fighter jets said we don't need we don't want and um, whenever the US has a little coup somewhere we are the first to welcome the new coup leader with open arms so the The mainstream media is just failing Canadians. It's failing Americans. And I just want to touch on a personal story. A few days ago, I had to go out to a community Abbotsford. It's about an hour from where I live and beautiful homes, nice community, but I went under an overpass and there's miles of trailers and tents and people in very precarious living conditions, homeless, digging through the garbage. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? There's money for this. I mean, this is surreal, but that this exists among these million-dollar homes in every direction. There seems to be a disconnect or a sense of helplessness that uh, we can't do anything.
0: I think a lot of people have given up, um, thinking that you can't change anything. And, you know, I'm an organizer. It's my job to get people to stand up and do things. It's hard. It's hard to argue with someone who says, look, our government is controlled by corporations, what can we do? They don't listen to us. It's hard to argue with them, because in a sense, they're right. But, uh, you know, I always go back to World War II. Remember in Italy, Mussolini was the fascist leader there. And he he gave us the definition of fascism. He said it's the wedding of corporations and government. And so to people that, whether they're despairing or... Just ignorant you know they don't follow the news they don't really know what's going on they listen to national public radio or watch msnbc and they you know they believe everything because that's the only news they watch Uh, I say to them look we have a government now that is the epitome of fascism Mm -hmm. the wedding of corporations and government many years ago a, a book was written called friendly fascism by Bertram Gross and he called it three-piece suit fascism. It's not the old brown shirt kind of you know fascism from Nazi Germany. It's it's much more sophisticated. Wall Street, Madison Avenue, Hollywood, but it's still fascism. And if we don't stand up and fight today, they're going to take us all down. And and that image you just gave of the people in the tents and everything else that you saw, I mean that's all of our future. And then when that comes and and, and, and then we're really uh, totally screwed because we're all living that way, people are going to say, why didn't somebody say something? Why didn't we do something? Well, now's the time, folks. Now's the time.
1: For sure. And I was speaking to a woman last today, and she said she lost her home due to back taxes. The city turned her out of her home. And there's so many people that are really suffering right now. And this bloody government's going to push us and when I say that I see our government's just all behind you guys we're gonna go there's no winner in this war with Ukraine like you said I didn't know that these nuclear reactors are sitting ducks and they will start catastrophe what what will it look like if one of those goes down and which is bound to happen
0: Uh, you know the radiation is carried by the winds Uh, we know from Chernobyl when that happened many years ago during the days of the former soviet union it it's in ukraine chernobyl is the nuclear power plant that had a meltdown and the uh, radiation went went all across europe and so it's now uh, it would be the same story and so all those people in europe that uh, think that uh, you know they're great nato members and they should be following along with this you know with this uh United States leading this fight for freedom for democracy uh well you know uh, they're going to be uh they're going to be thinking twice at that point but it's going to be way too late uh you know again now's the time to speak up there are some good signs France is behind the scenes being very active trying to say that maybe we shouldn't have this war they're a part of NATO Germany refused to allow England, when it was shipping weapons to uh, Ukraine last week, airplane after airplane after airplane, Germany refused to let them fly over their territory. Uh, Croatia, a NATO member, the president came out the other day and said, we will not uh, give any troops for NATO's war. And R- Romania apparently has said the same thing. Uh, you know, so there are some, some good signs that some things are of course china is speaking out very much yeah. against it
1: so there's hope so, you, know, you know
0: there there is some some hope but we need people in the united states and we need people in canada and and in other parts of europe that are much too silent we need uh, people to speak out and help stop this madness from happening
1: it's one world and whatever happens to them happens to everybody we have one climate uh, Russia has trade ties and pipelines and energy and all kinds of integration with Europe you're not going to be able to escape without being unhinged and it's just it's up to the citizens and I think one thing they need more than anything is good information they need, they need to be up-to-date on what's happening and your website is one of those places that people can go so before we close out our interview uh, just ways to, to get in touch with you and get information would be awesome.
0: Again, I urge people to watch Ukraine on Fire. You can find it on YouTube. It's a documentary. Executive producer Oliver Stone um, was produced in 2016. It tells the entire story, the history of Ukraine, its relationship to Russia, the Nazis in the early days in the World War II, uh, up to the current time. So it's really important. Anybody that watches that. And share it with others. The problem is we have too many people that don't know anything about this stuff. So share the information. You can also go to my blog, which is called Organizing Notes, N-O-T-E-S. And my name, Bruce Gagnon, just search for that, and you'll find my blog, which daily I'm, I'm reporting on all this stuff. Uh, and uh, our website of the global network that I work for is spaceforpeace.org. SpaceForPeace.org.
1: Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time as usual, and I am glad to hear your voice and know that you're well. And um, we'll do this again soon.
0: Thank you, Stuart, so much. Your great voice out there for sanity. We're glad that you're that you're doing your good work too.
1: Love Bruce Canyon. If you go to his website, please support their work. They work really hard and do a lot on a very small budget. And I'm going to leave you with David Rovix. We are everywhere. Take care. Hungry,
2: food. I speak for many when I say no one should have seven homes. While some don't have I may find myself stranded in some strange place with naught but a rapid stare I remember the world and I know we are everywhere I say the time for the rich it will come let me count the waves victories or hits of the future. Havana, Caracas, Chiapas, Buenos Aires. How many people are wanting and waiting and fighting for their share? They hide in their ivory towers. But we are everywhere. Religions and prisons and races, borders and nations, FBI agents and congressmen and corporate radio stations. They try to keep us apart, but we find each other and the rulers are always aware. With every bomb that they drop Every home they destroy Every land they invade Comes a new generation from under the rubble Saying, we are not afraid They will pretend we are few But with each child that a billion mothers bear Comes the next demonstration that we are everywhere.
0: Thank you for listening to Latin Waves. Latin Waves is an independently produced syndicated radio program made available for free to campus and community radios, and also to the world at latinwavesmedia.com. Please visit the website to hear previous shows, hear about upcoming events, and consider becoming a member for as little as $1 per month.